bass introduction featuring my face, Lewis Brackpool. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, good sir. How are you? I'm very good, doing very well. I hope you are doing well. Rebel News live streams daily, Rumble, Super U, Odyssey, Getter, YouTube, of course, where they don't love us. We'll get to any paid chats during the day, uh, during this live stream. Get them in. We'll read them as fast as we can. Rumble rants, Odyssey, Hyper Chats, Super U shouts. Nothing on YouTube again because they hate us. Um, Lewis, what's new in the UK? We're going to get to a lot of UK news today, a lot of US news today. Are you feeling like... You know, things are getting back to normal. Are you supporting Ukraine still? What's going on over there? Uh, no, nothing's ever normal anymore. This new <laughs> normal is uh, just the worst thing in the world, really, and I reject all of it. That's personally. good. Um, Shall we dive right into some UK stories? We could dive into UK stories. Um, we've got so many things. I think uh, producer mm. Olivia wanted us to... Uh, Tackle the title track, of course, as I call it, which is Joe Biden and uh, Barack Obama. And then we have so much English stuff to get to that we're going to be laughing our heads off at. Um, the first thing that everybody was circulating last night um, was I don't know what the event was, actually, if we could find that out. But it was Joe Biden um, at the White House and Kamala Harris was there. But Barack Obama was also there. And in most Democrats' eyes, he's the greatest person to ever live. Never started in any wars, never cons considered himself to be a warmonger at all, but uh, he's still a really <laughs> popular guy. And it seems by the videos that came out that nobody cared about the actual president at the White House. They all wanted to talk to Barack Obama, and even when Biden is pulling on his shoulder, he won't even pay, at pay attention to his former vice president, now president. Can we bring some of that up? So you're going to see him grab Obama's shoulder here and say... He's going to hesitate to say Barack like five times. As you can see, he's trying to remember his name. If you look at his lips, he's like, Barry, Barry Soda, Bobby. Oh, this is sad, man. Barack. This is elder abuse. And he's trying to pull him into him, and he's still just ignoring this clammy <laughs> hand on his shoulder. Now, I think he should have went with the come up behind him and smell his hair move that he's synonymous for. Um, yes. But he didn't do that, Lewis. What does it say about the president of the United States not getting any love at the White House? Well, I just think it's it's just sad to watch now. I mean, we've been seeing so many um, uh, just awful mistakes or um, I was going to say I was going to use the wrong term then. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, just mistakes from uh, from Joe Biden and just his senileness seems to be coming out in the open um, a lot these days. And it's just sad. And I feel really bad for, for he everyone know where who, he is. who didn't vote for him. He just doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what he's doing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just feel really sad at this point because this is supposed to be the leader of the free world. Yeah, he doesn't know where he is half the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got like high ranking military members there, not no interest in their commander in chief. Even the seniors there are more interested in Barack Obama. He can probably get them better deals. Unless you're doing oil deals in Ukraine, you probably can't get too many great connections out of Joe these days. Maybe the Chinese well has dried up. No, I think it is very sad and very telling that nobody ever thought he was great, never thought he was popular. Kamala Harris was like the first person to drop out of the primaries. 
They have to screw over Bernie Sanders in two separate elections, even though I'm no Bernie bro, as they call them. They have to get rid of all the popular people, um, even Andrew Yang and uh, Tulsi Gabbard. They have to get rid of them. And they're all getting <laughs> they all got more attention than Kamal Harris. And then you get Biden in and then you place Kamal Harris. So I think everybody knows that Biden is not the person leading the Democrat Party or leading the White House. No. And it'll be interesting 100%. to see what they do come the 2024 election. Everybody always said that he wasn't going to make it two terms. It seems more and more like that's going to be the case. And I think if things really go south in the midterms this November, then they're going to start putting a play in action to replace him. But it's going to be difficult because people, if you truly believe, <laughs> I mean, we're on YouTube. Joe Biden got 900 million votes and he's the greatest president of all time. <laughs> but um, if you truly believe in all that stuff, then um, oh. then it's going to be hard <coughs> to replace him, I think, in a new election because he was voted asterisk in. Because he's more normal than uh, Donald Trump. He's not supposed to cause all this war that he's caused. He's not supposed to uh, make the economy go up and down, which he's done. He's not supposed to, you know, do all these sorts of things. He was supposed to be the vanilla guy and the talking point by the Democrats when he got in office was the adults are back in the room. It's nice to have some decorum in the White House. We did so, it, Joe. We did it, Joe. I called you racist two weeks ago, but we did it, Joe. <laughs> um, so what are they going to get? They go big, uh, mayor Pete Buttigieg. Is he going to come in? Is he going to be the one they try to shoehorn in? Is Kamala just going to be like, there's no way I'm leaving. So you can try to put me as president or is big, bad Hillary going to show up in her salmon pantsuit and say, you know what guys move over. Um, I'll expose your Epstein flight logs if you don't put me back in power. And so who knows what's going to happen there, Lewis? Um, I don't think mm. Biden – imagine just two years from now, another set of Biden and Trump debates. There's so many more things that have happened to oh, Biden than Trump. There's all these things we knew about Trump. Maybe people didn't know and they, it got brought to light. But at this point, everybody knows what Trump was and the economy was way better. The border was way better. There weren't any foreign wars. Foreign relations were way better. He was brokering peace deals, whether people like that or believe it or not. So short of any um, rhubarb, let's say, I think Trump v. Biden, too. You yeah. would have to think that Trump wins. I don't know. I just I just want to say, quickly clarify that I think that, you know, that Trump obviously lost and there was no. That's true. Um, some sort of um, shenanigans. Regular shenanigans. <laughs> Uh, going on there and i believe that of course uh it was all done fair and square everything was cool everything's peachy uh keystone pipeline workers that was all a myth uh i'd like to say that you know everything is going smoothly in biden's america and you know everyone should be so <laughs> grateful there was a flood over in that uh in that <laughs> stadium that caused some things to happen you know um yeah yeah you know people just stopped working Nothing uh, suspicious at all. Another story about, out of the U.S. is this weird story about a writer named Amber Athey. Now, she, um, I think she's mm. been on Fox News before. She's a popular writer. Um, I want to bring up this New York Post article about her. Um, who's she the uh, a writer for? Amber Athey was fired for liking Kamala Harris's suit to a UPS uniform, <laughs> which is a funny <laughs> joke. Um, where does she work for here? Um 
the Spectator magazine is where she uh, right is where she writes for. She's written for a lot of other places. I've known who who she is for a couple of years now. Um, mm-hmm. I actually enjoy. Uh, her opinions, unlike Lewis, who's sexist. Um, Kamala sure. looks like <laughs> looks like a UPS employee. Uh, what can Brown do for you? Uh, Athey said on a March first tweet. So it was a tweet, of course, that uh, <laughs> so that bad, took her really. down. All of a sudden, the Kamala tweet was being reframed as racist, and dozens of Twitter accounts were bragging about contacting my employers about my bigotry. She said. So she works for a what is said to be a conservative radio station in dc where all the best people live and she was fired because of a mean tweet not even a mean tweet a tweet mocking her outfit which of course we dealt with for four years of people making fun of um first lady trump there melania and um and of course horrible things were written about her even though like she was like the fangirl of the media's dream if you were to put Melania Trump of the Democratic Party and put her in the White House, there'd be nonstop stuff about her fashion sense and her designs and all this crap. Mm -hmm. But we had to deal with the opposite. Um, Not that I care if we cover somebody's designs or fashion, but what I'm saying is, is you say one thing about Kamala Harris looking like, you know, Doug from uh, (laughs) King of Queens uh, in a UPS outfit, and all of a sudden that's turned as racist. (laughs) There's the actual UPS guy um, delivering... Basement apartments in New York City. So, Lewis, your reaction to this? A conservative outlet firing a girl for, you know, emails coming from a tweet? Yeah, um, I think it sort of proves that nowhere's safe, really, anymore (laughs) in these publications. Um, It's unbelievable, isn't it? I thought we'd moved on, or the conservative right had moved on uh, from, from things such as cancel culture and stuff like that. But it seems to me that people are still terrified. It shows that people will have to drain their own swamp if it means that they don't want hateful emails or they don't want critiques of things such as mean tweets. I mean, come on, (laughs) comparing what she wears (laughs) to a UPS officer. Really? That's that's offensive, is it? (laughs) I just, no, no, no thanks. I don't think think a lot of these outlets ever have learnt, really, from their opposition and from the past. There's a rapper named Tyler, the creator, who had a famous tweet about online bullying and that i'm reminded of this whereas you get emails about something that isn't important like this just turn away from the screen just delete the email yeah, yeah. like how is this hurting yeah. your company you know yeah. i'm a i'm a, a socially democratic person a socially liberal person and i'm going to stop listening to your radio station if you don't mm. respond to my emails <laughs> there we go yeah producer yeah, yeah, Li- yeah. livia being very based putting this on the screen i can't read it yeah but this is basically yeah. how i feel about emails you know like when a cbc reporter says oh it's so tough being a reporter we face so much abuse mm. like try the rebel news inbox i demand <laughs> or like whenever something whenever we break a big story that people some people disagree with or something try the Mm. rebel news contact form see how much n words and f bombs and anti-semitic things get thrown in there for just one Mm. day see how many people sign us up for for like the weirdest websites just one day Mm. send us pictures of gross stuff there was one time lewis like i want to say in december or january where one guy dedicated just a few days to sending us like porn it was, it was really it was really strange so 
I have zero sympathy for any reporter who's like, oh, these mean words that are emailed to me. Yeah. Unless they're actual crimes being sent to you, like credible yeah. threats, you know, violent mm -hmm. assault stuff, really weird stuff. Then Doxing. people being yeah, people being mean to you is not a is not a thing. Emails about yeah. Amber Athey's tweet is not a thing. It's not the real world. Let's transition uh, to the beautiful United Kingdom. God save the Queen, Lewis. You want to queue up this next story because we're going. Sure. We're taking a hard right turn here from UPS mm -hmm. driver to transgender soccer goalie. Sure. Let's uh, let's go through it. So. <laughs> There is um, a transgender goalkeeper who used to play men's football mm. uh, has received England's uh, an England university's call up. Getting the big call up. Getting the big call up, not for the men's team, but for the women's team. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite uh, astonishing, really, that this is kind of um, being allowed to happen. I mean, we've spoken about this quite a lot. If we'd like to scroll down briefly, just so I can read out. Uh, the article. Thank you so much. It says Blair Hamilton, who was born male but identifies as female, currently plays for Hastings United Football Club women's team. Mm -hmm. The 32-year-old, a PhD student at the University of Brighton, shock horror, uh, has select has been selected for the England's university's sport women's squad. A six-foot-tall transgender woman. Uh, thoughts, Andrew. I mean, you're a man of sports. Um, <laughs> I am. Would you like to? Would you like to expand on what how you feel about this? I'm going to go above the narrative as we do here on Across the Pond with Lewis and Andrew and say this guy is trolling. He's 32 years old. He is studying the effects of transgenderism and testosterone and transgenderism in a university. Going for a PhD. This isn't a dummy. And now all of a sudden at the age of 32, probably at least a couple years in women's soccer, just tearing up the leagues, going from one end of the pitch to the other, scoring as a keeper, probably, realistically. I think that there's something to this. Either it's a massive troll or this person just really, really knows what they're doing um, and, taking it, and, and taking advantage of and exploiting the situation, which would be, of course, a travesty. But mm. I like one quote in the article, Lewis, where the a representative for that club, the Women's University Soccer Club of England there, saying, uh, Blair is no uh, stranger to controversy and neither are we. I'd like to know what other controversies of the same ilk this National Women's University soccer team is, <laughs> has been not shying away from in the last five years, as opposed to, you know man becomes woman and plays keeper for us. Now, if there's any, if I'm coming from that side, I'm thinking, good thing this person's a goalkeeper because they're not going to be able to fully exploit their biological advantage over the other women here. If he's a forward or a defender, which he might want to transition to, pun intended, he could completely dominate the rest of the field. But as a goalkeeper, he's just going to be able to stop everything. And I'm guessing there are some already women's teams who don't allow many goals so long as they have a fairly competent keeper because we know what the shot selection is coming like. <laughs> I'm sorry, women's soccer. Producer Olivia, you're a female soccer player. How do you feel about um, Blair becoming the keeper for this team? No comment is what we're getting from the back. <laughs> I'd hope there's a mutiny, Lewis. How do you feel about this? How do I feel? I mean, we're seeing a trend here. Uh, only just a few weeks ago, we had the the cyclist. Um, mm -hmm. I forget the name. 
um, has been banned from competing against women. Um, and we're, we're starting to see this. We've, we've been seeing it in, in uh, the US a lot. I'm sure Canada has had a few candidates as, as well um, doing similar things. I think um, this isn't going to go away. And despite the uh, prime minister's comments, which we'll get to, um, I don't think this is going to go away for a while. This is the new uh, hot topic. This is the new trend. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to exploit it. And I don't think that this uh, topic is going to go away for a number of years now. And um, yeah, I don't think there's any anything more to say other than, of course, naturally, I, I disagree with, with this exploitation. I think the cyclist name is Johnny English, if I'm not mistaken. Can we bring that up? <laughs> um, so I think there was an update to that cycling story. I think last week we were talking mm. about um, everybody was up in arms about this beautiful man um, wanting to be a cyclist. Um, transgender cyclist Emily Bridges says she was harassed and demonized after exclusion from national championships. So in an example, I think that should be echoed worldwide. The female cyclists in this competition threatened a boycott and forced a ban of this individual. Now, maybe there's a transgender mm -hmm. cycling lead to be had with all six of them. However, pr proud if I can say that, of the women for saying, we're not doing this. You're not going to make any of your money that you're going to make off of this if you allow this to happen. Because I wonder who is going to win, Lewis. I wonder who the statistically best goalkeeper in this women's <laughs> tournament is going to be, Lewis. I just wonder um, who's going to have the advantage here I'm gonna buy in lateral you, movement. Um, I'm going to buy you a Hastings United goalkeeper top. Just I will <laughs> wear that. With the person's yeah. name on the back, uh, Blair or whatever it was. <laughs> so let's get to these comments from Boris Johnson. This is bigoted laughter yes. here, Lewis. Uh, Boris yes. Johnson says biological males should not compete in female sport and venues should have women-only places. This is disgusting mm. talk from Boris Johnson. Is. Uh, let's. Is there a video here, Olivia? There should be. Okay, let's find the video of him. Of course, Boris Johnson, um, actually, you know, I think what's happening here, Lewis, is they're feeling the heat um, from people in terms of their electoral body saying, you're not very conservative, what's going on here? But it's nice for Boris Johnson to actually say what he said. Let's go ahead and play that. Mm. I don't think that uh, biological males should be competing in female sporting events. And, and you know, maybe, I'm, maybe that's a controversial thing to see, but it just, it just seems to me to be sensible. And uh, I also happen to think that um, women should have spaces wh which are, whether it's in, in, in hospitals or prisons or change rooms or wherever, which are, are dedicated to, to, uh, to women. That's as far as my thinking nice. has developed on this, on this issue. Uh, now, if that puts me in conflict with, um, you know, some others, then we've we, we got to work it all out. That doesn't mean that I'm not immensely sympathetic to people who want to uh, to change gender uh, to transition uh, and, and it's vital that we give people the maximum possible love and support uh, in in making those decisions but they are these are complex issues and i don't think they can be solved with uh, you know a, a one swift easy piece of of legislation they they've taken a, they, they, it takes a lot of thought to get this right 
Lewis, what is what Hello. has there been a reaction to this? Has there been blowback? Um, well, it, I've I've seen a few reactions. My personal reaction is finally a bit of conservatism. <laughs> um, I mean, he's been showering away from it, from a bit of conservatism for a long time, Boris, and uh, it's good to see that he's actually finally come out and said something that uh, a lot of people are thinking. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, fair play to him. Doesn't mean that I forgive everything that he's done uh, since he was elected. Uh, doesn't mean that I'm now a, a Boris Johnson fanboy. Um, it looks like he was basically uh, interrogated there, poor bloke in a hospital. <laughs> um, but at the same time, um, yeah, I think I think he's basically bang on the money. I mean, I don't see it as too much of a complex issue, like he was saying. I think I think he was very um, just. I think he realized, right, I said something that's pretty spicy, so I'm going to have to start damping it down before mm-hmm. all the people start with pitchforks start um, coming to my house with the, you know, tabloid journalists and pitch, pitchforks. So, yeah, I think he really saved himself at the end there. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in a big agreement with him um, for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I think it's not as complicated as he said I wish he was a little bit more hardline. As it stands, Ron DeSantis is the only per- politician who's willing to be this hardline. Correct. It could be. It's not that difficult. Born male, play in male sports. Born female, play in female sports. Let the mm. we've we've been over this so many times. Let the women have their spaces. The women maybe in the UK yeah. are finally starting to to uh, stand up for themselves. But I don't see in this case of the soccer player that they will stand up for themselves because it's just the goalkeeper. Having said that, maybe there is time for some legislation to be put in place at a federal level somewhere. But um, it does depend, I think, on the governing bodies of these sports to a degree. Because if you want to play in this women's university soccer league, um, then maybe you do want to play against transgender people. Now, should that be the only league? No, I would hope that it gets overtaken by, like, something of a slightly different name for university students. But if you're in college and you want to play against uh, Blair What's-It and Johnny English, cycle against Johnny English, then you can have the opportunity opportunity to do that. There's going to be a lot less funding and a lot less fans. But um, it's going to depend on these bodies to say, you know what, no, we're not going to allow this. But then comes the argument of, well, they're going to appeal to the Supreme Court or a higher governing body, the federal courts, on whether or not this is discrimination. And I feel like in America, Joe Biden's people will back him and say this is a form of discrimination. You can't keep people out. So that's where the problem will arise. So something has to be done, apparently on a federal level, I guess, where we say make some sort of rules because, I don't know, It's all it's going to take is one uh, very biased body of judges or legislatures to say you know what you're discriminating against somebody if you're not letting them play in the sport that they want to play in and there goes my new career in women's table tennis i guess yeah and i mean the problem is as well andrew i mean i've spoken to um a lot of females who about this subject and they've all said the same thing that they disagree with it but 
you know, they couldn't speak about it in open spaces. They can't speak about it at work. They can't speak about this um, wherever. The only place that they can speak about it is with friends and in private in their own homes because they, they fear the backlash. They fear that um, the mob or some sort of social media circle will suddenly go after them and then that will put their job at risk. I know a guy who we speak about these issues all the time, and he's on the centre-left. He wants to speak up against this, but he can't because he will lose sponsors, he'll lose his job, he'll lose his career. Um, and he's been speaking about things on, on podcasts and inviting people on. I've spoken to him about this. He's in full agreement. But at the same time, he says, I can't talk about this because I'll lose sponsors, I'll lose everything because this mob dictates... What is what is acceptable or what is wrong think? And that's where we're going wrong in our society. We know that there's a, a very big ideological bias in the educational system. We know that within unions as well. And the problem is this is only going to spiral out of control. And we can't we can't have any grip against this. We can't actually have open and fair discussions because it just gets shut down. People get ostracized people get their careers taken from them so something does need to be done we need some sort of legislation uh, and we need to have open and honest conversation without fear of losing your own career because it's absolutely disgusting that in your own country in your own society you can't have open and rational discussion I mean, that's fundamental to whether you think democracy is is the best thing on earth or whether you don't. You need to have some sort of honest and extremely, um, what's the word? Uh, I'm trying to think of a great word for it, uh, but I've lost my, my trail of thought there. But you, yeah, you need to have honest conversation because it's fundamental to a... Uh, society in the 21st century, but we seem to be going backwards. Well, the slippery slope has been greased and buttered in this uh, mm. in this conversation, and we've gone from mm -hmm. you know what, just pronouns, just respect my pronouns, uh, just play yeah. along with it, play along with my identity, and I guess people were okay with that and for that, and then it's gone from that to we demand your women spaces, we demand uh, yeah. <laughs> we demand money, Even we demand power. Uh, we demand you date us, even and it's transphobic if you don't. It's gone from like here and then completely fallen off the deep end. And you know, mm -hmm. it's such a small segment of the population who is clinically mm -hmm. or I guess biologically, you know, intersex. It's like point zero one eight or zero something zero. like that. Yeah. And then the rest, if you ask me, it comes from, you know, actual mental health issues, which the studies show. I'm not just saying that out of my uh, out of thin air here. So w when we get to this point where we have to change our society based on this fraction of a population, which apparently now is 20 percent of people who are Gen Z identifying as LGBT, um, you know, right. whether they whether they truly are or not, I would tend to say that they aren't. These aren't the people who are going to be, you know, working at your electrical facilities. They aren't going to be people turning the turbines at hydroelectric plants. I'm sorry, but it's just not. Uh, there are people working at tech companies. There are people working at entertainment companies. 
We see them at Disney. We see them at, uh, you know, left-wing Vox or Now This or something like that. Or maybe even the Democratic Party. These aren't the people keeping your lights on, I'm sorry to tell you. And maybe that's a, a black pill for some people. But when you're focused 13 hours a day on making TikToks about what your uh, gender identity and pronouns are, and the Chinese algorithm is saying, that's degenerative, let's push that to the top so you get more interactions, you're probably not uh, raking in too much money, which is why the California <laughs> state, California state is now saying you're going to get $900 of minimum basic income just for being transgender. Hmm, I wonder if that will be abused. Right now, there's only the incentive mm. for fame in sports. Now we've put a monetary incentive into being transgender, and I wonder if that'll be abused. It seems like purposeful, you know, destruction of society, Lewis Brackpool. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else to comment, really. I think you've you've pretty much hit the nail on the head. And you know, I feel for um, I feel for people who are going through um, gender dysphoria. I think that must be horrific, like actual gender dysphoria. I mean, that that sounds pretty intense. I mean, I have no idea what that's what that feels like, but you know, you must be able to at least sit and have a conversation with someone. But still, I mean, I mean that can go down a very spicy route to talk about. But yeah, I know. I, I genuinely, it's it's not it's not as complex the the issue. It's it's a sim. It should be simple, black and white. Um, but I do feel for people that are that need genuine conversation of all fronts, and I think that's incredibly important. And that's that's all I've really got to say. There's a funny bit I'm told of waking up with JP about a trans swimmer that are uh, that we want to play. We want to show this. We really get insensitive on the topic, you know. Really hurt some feelings. Producer says, "Sure thing." She's all about hurting feelings over there behind this glass <laughs> wall of emotion that she sits. This is my proudest moment. I've been dreaming of becoming the top female swimmer for one year, but getting here wasn't easy. I first learned how to swim when I was seven years old at Boy Scout camp. What might surprise you is I was actually a really slow swimmer at first and stayed a really slow swimmer through the first couple years of my collegiate career. Then I turned 23 and all of a sudden I'm the best swimmer in the women's division. And I can't track exactly what changed. I guess I'm just a late bloomer. Because swimming's been such a big part of my life for so long, it's where my happiness comes from. You can't have happiness without penis. Hmm. I've never noticed that before. With being the best at something, you oh, always God. get haters. Like, I don't understand what this controversy is all about. <laughs> I guess people just don't like it when they see oh. a woman succeeding. <laughs> I compete in three different strokes. Freestyle, the butterfly, and the backstroke. You gotta be in the pool for hours each day. It's the only way to become the best. I guess I must have drank a lot of water on that lap. Yeah, it's not all easy. Some of the other ladies don't feel comfortable being in the same locker room as me. I'm appalled. I, I just don't understand why. Like, is this because I identify as black? These racist women around here. Or maybe they're just intimidated by my sensual femininity. I mean, you know how girls can be. Jealous. <laughs> Swimming brings out the divine goddess in me. Hey, 
Get out of the pool. That's for ladies only. Some of my competitors are angry that I tested positive for having XY chromosomes. And I don't know how they got there. Might have had like a tainted supplement or something. But really, I think my competitors are just sore losers. Like, hey, ladies, I beat you by 11 minutes fair and square. So get over it. To me, swimming is... I like how he really accentuates his traps there, Lewis. And I'd like to point out that there is a video that exists somewhere of David Menzies swimming at a women's pool before it was cool. So maybe we could find that somewhere and repost it in the ether. Um, We're not getting off the UK stories yet. Do we have any paid chats to get to, Olivia? Oh, wow. Offensive. Um, So... (laughs) We've been talking about these environmentalists, Lewis, I think since we first started doing the show together. And one of the first ones we talked about was a guy gluing his face to a road. I don't know if we have that. We can pull up really quickly. Uh, Just the imagery of a senior citizen, I think, gluing his face to a road. Here it is. Let's throw that up, please. Beautiful. (laughs) Temple, right? Because I wonder uh, if he did this when he was a was young lad. Right. Inhaler on the floor there. Ready. He's gonna have some bad burns. I wonder if anybody did a follow-up on that. So we were talking about that months ago, Lewis, and um, we've got a couple more examples which are just hilarious, if yeah. not sad. Um, you want to cue up this person? I think it was on LBC. Yes. So um, here's a clip of a Stop Oil Now protester uh, during a debate on LBC, live, by the way, uh, gluing himself to his microphone uh, because he believes that the person he was debating has a massive platform and uh, is not utilising it in the correct manner. If we could play that, that would be fantastic to watch. Tom, do you care about telling the truth? <laughs> just the look yes, of this kid. That's a, it's like a <laughs> Why are you not telling question? those millions of people what they need to know? This is what do you mean? Why are you not telling them? Ed Sheeran stand-in, I believe. Your own. Do you think it's fair? It's a disgrace. Do you think it's fair to say that people who don't you join your don't join your organisation are complicit in the greatest ever genocide? About the crime You've just read the final ring, of course. And you are happy to watch them sit in misinformation. You are happy. What's the misinformation that's been given out? That you've given out this. You morning. have a massive platform. You have a massive platform, right? Oh, here we go. You have a massive platform, <laughs> a microphone yeah. that you can use to tell people about the situation we're in. Does and you know microphones unplugged? For those of you are not using it, for those that are listening on the someone radio, someone like, like me, an ordinary person who yeah. is fighting for their future, is having to take the microphone in a situation like this mm. and having to tell your viewers the situation we are in because people like you. Do not. So for those people, people like who, you are giving no as idea. much as a death sentence no to the, your viewers as our government you've is, as the fossil brilliant. fuel companies are. So, <laughs> and that goes for all those people. By the way, for those, for those of you listening, wondering what the banging on the microphone was, Mr. McGovern has apparently, I think, it's, is it glue? You seem to have glued Absolutely. yourself to the microphone, so that's fantastic. If you're not going to use the microphone for the people of this country, the people all around the world, to let them know what's you've happening invited, to their lives right now, you, you've been invited someone on Someone else will. You've been invited on this program to tell us about what the aims of your organisation are. You've you've come on to talk to us about the aims of your organisation. You've gone through some of them. I've asked you questions about some of the language you're using, and you, you seem to think that, that the best way of persuading people to join you in this cause is to tell people that they're either complicit in the greatest ever genocide or superglue yourself to a microphone. <laughs> people need to be aware of the situation. You've been given the opportunity. Do we have any idea what genocide he's talking about? 
the earth i'm uh, guessing i think so possibly uh i'm not 100 so sure i think i need to be fact checked on that mcgovern one. But, um, those damn irish <laughs> but here it is so um they're basically the same organization insulate britain who of mm. course were protesting for uh, insulation in people's homes in their attics they don't know the what, what stuff gets made like by oil like do they realize it's called stop oil now do you realize if we stopped oil now society would mm. collapse like we kind of basically. built we kind of had this revolution industrially you might even say <laughs> where we started using petroleum products for everything unless he wants us to mm. go back to steam engines for a while here before we convert everything like it's not that simple well um what you find is that these are all uh the same organization all linked to of course extinction rebellion mm. our favorite i know they're your favorite they are um but uh yeah you've got stop oil now um which is an absolutely incredible movement. They just want <laughs> us to stop using oil and gas for our homes. They want to turn it all off and completely get rid of it. And um, these are all misled um, young teenagers, by the looks of it, uh, who have been governed by fear, governed by propaganda, by um, far-left environmentalists who are telling them that the world will end within 10 years. And it's actually mental it's mental that these poor young people are actually eating it up and uh doing stuff that's very detrimental to their own lives not not even saying that you know not even bringing up a good point or or great um talking points or even a good debate around it it's oh you disagree with me well i'm going to glue my hand to your microphone well i hope that um that he walked out and just turned the light off and just left him <laughs> there overnight because that would have been so funny um but we also have another um clip of a stop oil now protester who what uh, am i looking at here <laughs> two two uh protesters um <laughs> one male one female who have decided to hide themselves in i believe uh some sort of tunnel uh, i believe an <laughs> underground tunnel near the navigator oil terminal in essex <laughs> uh, and they've been in there for about five days now and uh, they're giving us updates on um, on why they're basically starving. I'm themselves. interested to hear uh, what this is. I, I'm interested too. Can we please play the clip? Hello. <laughs> we are in a tunnel. They've clearly rubbed the dirt on the middle of their face. Trying to stop the five oil. <laughs> We've been here the last five days. We are fucking shattered and we're shattered, bruv. Shattered, bruv. Join and help. And we need an emergency response to the situation that we are all in. Oil and fossil fuels are killing us. <laughs> literally, the they're literally killing us now. And killing yourselves. <laughs> yeah. We want to have kids. That's why we're doing this. Like, that look of despair <laughs> from that geezer. I'm, I'm like, where, where He's just like, I need to get out of this relationship. I was, yeah, I was uh, conned by the missus to go down here today. More people step up. Like, oil is killing people right now. Ah. Ah, okay. It is the main no, I want to know where this goes, Olivia. Please, let's watch it all. 
we need to just stop oil and we can only oh, plug step up together step out of our comfort zone yeah your comfort zone no yeah no, comfort no, zone no, nearly no, killing yourself that is the demand and we'll get out of our tunnels and stop blocking your demand is next I like how they had to go to the top of the tunnel to get cell phone reception in order to post that. <laughs> but it really looks like they just wiped dirt only on their nose and mouth because what's <laughs> happening to the rest of their face. But they're literally calling for people to come and block the flow, flow of oil by laying in a tunnel. And they, I guess, thought that just the, if we just sit there in this tunnel, then the oil will stop flowing. <laughs> like You're going to drown in oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've been there for five days, Andrew. Five days. Why are you laughing, man? They're starving themselves to death, and you're laughing. And even the part okay. where like we want to have kids because like the inv- we won't have kids unless the environment uh, changes. And this is the reason for war in the Ukraine. This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen, Louis. Is this another update, Olivia? Okay, let's see. Two days ago, I want to see the. Pr- Okay, two days into it. They're on day five, so three days ago. Let's see what the update from inside the oil tunnel is. We're asking ourselves, why are we here? (laughs) We're here because we're trying to stop the flow of oil along with many... Why did I go out with the missus today? Deeply concerned that there is no livable future on this trajectory that we're on. They really have bought into it. He's just like, I can't believe I agreed to this. Been in a long time, um, or slept much, but we're doing okay. Why haven't you slept much? You're in a tunnel. Like, what else is there to do? You're Listen, making. So- if, like, I just want to quickly say though, like, if something bad does happen to these two, like, and this gets clipped, like, I just want to say that. Uh, the the person to blame the why we're laughing is the fact that they've literally been groomed by environmentalists yeah. to push this ridiculous message. Well, Just like, want to put that out there. I don't want to put any thoughts in their head, but if you're planning on clogging a pipe, human clogging yeah. is not the solution here. You will like no. Oil's not just going to stop flowing because there's people sitting there. It will overtake you. I can't believe I have to tell uh, what look like at least 18-year-olds this, that the oil is going to win the battle in the end of the flow of the tunnel. Maybe a giant cork or something, Lewis, like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last British story of the day, I think, Lewis. Is out of Stirling University, and where is that? I'm not familiar with that. Stirling, Stirling is Scotland. Oh, okay. Um, spelled S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G. I see that. Um, uh, yeah, Stirling University have decided to cancel um, Jane Austen, the mm. writer of Pride and Prejudice, and replace it with a African American uh, writer uh, known as Toni Morris. Um, of and this was because. Um, of course, this was after the light of the Black Lives Matter protests all them years ago. Um, but it's to decolonize the curriculum. Uh, now, we, I've been, we've been hearing this over in the UK. I'm not sure about Canada. I'm pretty sure you guys are probably um, doing that as well, where you want to it's decolonize. Just nobody talks about it as well. Yeah. Basically, we want to replace it with uh, things that are more diverse or writers that are more diverse uh, that talk identity, politics, gender, sex and race. Um, And yeah, bearing in mind that in 2013, I don't know if Olivia has the uh, the article up. 
is feminists actually campaigned to have Jane Austen on the £10 note mm. uh, here in, in England or in the United Kingdom. And uh, they campaigned vigorously. I think they got over 35,000 um, signatures uh, on a change petition to try and get that. They got what they wanted. And now Jane Austen is being cancelled by that same side. <laughs> yeah, it's just one generation later. Each other alive. Yeah, um, which is astronomical. It's, it's ridiculous. So personally, um, I'm not mad, weirdly. I'm actually... Uh, laughing because it's funny to watch them basically eat themselves alive their own ideology they're so conflicted one minute it's feminism one minute it's black lives matter and next minute it's it's trans people so you know they can't seem to organize themselves and they can't seem to be consistent with what they want we so, need um, a trans yeah, person I'm on the 10 pound note Lewis, I don't know. The first per, the first one ever. Was that Caligula or something? I don't know. The first Rom Roman or Greek trans person. Um, yeah, I, I think um, Jane Austen barely beat out Clive Anderson for being on the, on the bill there. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I see we have the article here. Clive Anderson, look it up. Whose line is it anyway? Um, it's <laughs> funny, though. Just 10 years removed from it being the most feminist thing you can do to we need to decolonize all this stuff and to your point lewis about it mm -hmm. happening in canada there's just not enough news coverage in canada for people to talk about it young dakota christensen is bringing up critical race theory but nobody else covers stuff like that nobody else covers how it our conservative provincial party is okay with it uh being in our education system there's even a part in our uh in our um not the curriculum but in our rules for the education system in high school in ontario that you're allowed as a teacher to present anything that's uh, related to critical race theory, quote unquote, and it doesn't have to be reviewed. So they're allowed to present their own materials for racial ideology in the classroom, which doesn't have to be approved by the school board. And that was okayed by our conservative government here. So to more succinctly answer your point, it happens here, but nobody talks about it at all because, you know, there's right. rebel news and there's true north and that's about it. <laughs> Right, right, okay. Interesting. Well, yeah. um, what do you think of decolonizing the curriculum, um, Sir Andrew? I would like what to know, um, well, like colonized countries is a, as a thing of its time when it happened. Of course, nobody wants to, nobody's going to champion slavery. The English are the first people to end it to the British Empire. But uh, mm -hmm. if we're decolonizing, then let's just take all the infrastructure away from the Caribbean, from uh, some African nations. We're decolonizing mm -hmm. Canada. Then we can just go coast to coast and take out all of our, you know, buildings. And I'm sure people would be happy with mm -hmm. that. Take out all the statues, all the buildings. If this is what you really want, take out all the monetary systems we've had. Take out the justice system that we took from the British Empire. Just take out everything. And we'll start anew mm -hmm. as some sort of, you know, like... Uh, neo-mongolian <laughs> empire sort of way of doing things where we just travel from you know town to town by horseback and uh you know pillage people for their goods and uh you know until the next group comes along some sort of barbarianism is what i think we're pushing for now well i just had a thought surely if obviously you dislike all of colonialism and all of the horrible bits of this this part of our british history surely you'd want to learn about it instead of get rid of it. Surely the people that um, really don't want this stuff getting out and they love the British Empire so much and they still revere it in our times, um, 
surely they're the ones that want to actually um, rewrite history and get rid of all the bad bits and just keep all the good bits. Surely those would be the people. So I don't understand this logic of just completely whitewashing history, completely rewriting it, um, and only looking at good good parts, basically, or getting rid of it entirely. I don't really understand that that mentality because you're supposed to look at history with a historical lens. No, you can't 21st do that. Twenty-first century <laughs> lens. No, yeah, you can't do that either nowadays. But still, you're not supposed to look at history in a contextual lens. Now, you're supposed to look at it for what it is: history, bad or good. So I don't really understand this mentality of let's just rewrite everything. Let's just get rid of things that we don't like and replace it with other things. I've never, ever understood that mentality. You can sit there and say this part of the history is extremely bad and we condemn it. Let's learn about it. And here are parts that are good that we need to um, model on. And that's all you need to do. I don't understand this, this idea of just cancelling everything and just getting rid of it just because you don't like it. I just I've never understood it. It also disincludes all the other empires that colonized, and it's sure. because it's because they want to take down whichever country they're in, whether it's England, Canada, or the United States, whether Chinese Empire, Japanese Empire, Turkish Empire. Mm -hmm. Shout out uh, Mocha Bazurgan. Um, you can go <laughs> Russia if you want, whatever race you consider them. A Kurdish <laughs> Empire, like the Italians. There's just everything. The uh, Genghis Khan, all these, all these other things. You, like I said, I think months ago, Lewis. All you have to do is play a historical strategy game, and you'll get a much better concept for history than I don't know. They stop oil protesters. Maybe they should have brought a well, game of Risk in with them. Well, just to mention, because you mentioned Genghis Khan, funnily enough, um, the guy who massacred millions and millions. Muhammad, of even you might even say. Um, so he, yeah, basically ma massacred many, many, many people. And I don't know if Olivia could look this up, but I'm pretty sure there was an article written by The Guardian or someone or Huffington Post saying that Genghis Khan actually contributed to the environment. So it all ties in <laughs> with this episode. By bringing so seeds or what? Thing. Well, this is, this is the strange thing. So um, these same far left activists and writers will look at the horrible parts of our own history and condemn it. Fine, not a problem. But here it is. But then go and say something like... Oh, this. my God. Like, like, why? I don't get it. I don't get it. What's the logic behind this? Why Genghis Khan was good for How the does planet? that work? Let's read some of this. I don't know how destroying stuff was good for the atmosphere. I think the empire lasted a century. Yeah. The greatest, the greatest eco-warrior of all time, according to Carnegie's Institute, <laughs> Department of Global Energy. Laying waste to vast swaths of territory and wiping out entire civilizations en route may have scrubbed 700 million tons of carbon from the atmosphere. What... Mental. What pollution Mental. were these societies that Genghis Khan destroyed? What were they producing? What? Uh, well, we are when they say they want to get rid of our carbon footprint. Well, we are carbon, so of course. But that's sort of is that what they're talking about? People excreting yeah. their own gases and having yeah. livestock? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So Killing suddenly, people. Suddenly, the Guardian's all right with Genghis Khan massacring millions and millions of people. More than probably we've done. I need to be fact checked on that, of course. But. Still, suddenly some some murderous dictators are okay and some of them aren't because of the environment. Just because of their narrative, I just 
I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't have an answer for it. I don't understand the mentality. Um, Andrew, thoughts? I'm looking forward to their Muhammad article in the same fashion. <laughs> they would never admit to some of the stuff. Um, let's go with the Toronto Star, which is colloquially, colloquially, colloquially known as the Red Star, Lewis. You're supposed to help me on my... Right. Speaking of English vernacular, how do you pronounce the word... C R O U T O N S, Lewis. Uh, is it croquant? Wait, how did you? Wait, what was it? C R O U T O N S. It's croquants, isn't it? Croquant? Like something croquant? you put in your salad. Yeah. Oh, what the the fried bread? Yeah. The, what, the, the bit. Yeah, the bit of the fried bread. What's it called? Uh, you put me on the spot now. Is it croquants? Do you not have a word for croquants? that there? Croqu yeah. The what's, UK version. What's it called? Hang on, you put me on the spot. Don't do this to me. I'm Hang doing on. it you, to you. You wrote it out to me. You've written this out to me earlier. I yeah. Bring it up. You Go need ahead. To see it because you're spelling it out and going right. Pronounce it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> hell, mate. Right, mate. You think you can just be pronouncing oh, these words? Uh, where is it? You sent me it. Did you unsend the message? Oh, no. Oh, croutons. Okay. Yeah, you forgot the T. You forgot the T. No, that I didn't. Croutons. Yeah. Okay, then you pronounce croutons. it properly. Wow. I was expecting croutons or something. Croutons? Yeah, Put some croutons. croutons in your Kaiser salad. <laughs> no, croutons, mate. Caesar salad. <laughs> um, yeah, Toronto mate. Star article with your salad cream. Yeah, we get it. Masks are cheap, easy, and effective. So why hasn't the public health ditched the mandate? So why has they has public health ditched the mandate? We can just keep them forever, says Emma. What? Emma Title? Yeah, there you go. Pronounce that. Yeah. Emma Title. Croutons. Emma Title. Yeah, croutons. Does that name have an ER at the end, Lewis? Emma? Where? Emma. Okay, I'm glad we're allowed to say the yeah. A on that one. Nearly everywhere, and this is the most anyone's ever going to read this article. They're just going to share it with outrage. Nearly everywhere, a city official appears. They sing the song of Toronto's sky-high vaccination rate. She then starts a sentence with and, which is obviously you don't want to do if you're a real writer. And it truly is a beautiful song. Should have been a semicolon, semicolon Emma, but we'll uh, keep going here. Almost 90% of TO residents age 12 plus have received two doses of vaccine. Other cities... Again, who's editing this? Have received two doses of vaccine. Other cities desperately trying to increase their own vaccination rates now look to ours for guidance. Toronto's mayor and top doctor are and should be proud of this fact. But pride is a lousy defense against a communicable disease. I disagree. We have to be prideful and we have to put our vaccination status and our screen names. In the sixth wave of COVID, we're up to six by now, All the, uh, by the way, here, Lewis. Oh, We've skipped over four and five, I believe. We've gone right to six in the panic mode. Gosh. Toronto wants the rest of its laurels, but the virus doesn't rest. The vi <laughs> but the virus doesn't rest. <laughs> On Monday, COVID hospitalizations were up nearly 40%. Sure, they were. Uh, doesn't matter how many infographics. Sure, it doesn't. Um, yet neither Toronto's top doctor nor Ontario's are willing to reinstate a treat cheap and proven tool to curb transmission. Here's the thing, Emma from the Toronto Star, who didn't edit the first two sentences of her article. <laughs> no, they're not. We all know they're not, okay? Show me the study where it's proven effective. You can't find it. You can find one that says <laughs> up to 10% of effectiveness in a controlled study for a plastic mask, a regular mask, upwards 
in a controlled environment for an N95 or above. They're not about to issue N95s. They're not about to require them because they didn't all along. You show me where it is. What people will say, oh, look at Japan. Look at Japan and South Korea. If you want to start living like Japan, South Korea, then you can go there. These are completely different societies that a Herod or Cushy job wouldn't survive in because they don't adhere to your stupidity. And this is what people always... It's the equivalent of when people say, oh, look at Nordic countries and their socialism. Look at this other country that I have no idea about and have read one article on about how everybody just steps up and wears their mask. Why don't you wear a mask? If it's so effective, then why don't you wear it? And then you'll be safe. And then she's going to say, oh, I care about everybody, but I want to force everybody to do something. Lewis, it comes to a point where we start saying, you know, <laughs> female writers are the problem here. These are the problem in our society, Lewis. <laughs> Women writers. <laughs> No. This is the problem. No, but honestly, uh, um, and we're being honest, as we always are, where do you come up with this stuff? We're in the sixth wave. You desperately want to cling to this stuff. It comes from wanting to control people, Lewis. That's where I think it wants to come from. No, I, I do agree. It's all about control, isn't it? I don't know how spicy we want to go on that uh, on that topic of control. But, uh, of course, um, these people would want to see us in masks forever. Um, because they see them as uh, as effective. They've been told it's effective, so why not question it? Why not question a bit of cloth? Producer <laughs> Olivia is telling me there's a part we need to read. Um, okay, my, my kid, kid has, has never... Go ahead. Would you like me to do it in my voice? Yes. Okay, here we go. My kid has never known a world without masking, and she's just oh, fine. I see. Oh, as current Cur research yeah. suggests, she should be. Oh, yeah. She should be fine with always wearing a mask and only seeing people. Oh. Lewis, I don't know about you, but here the mask mandate was lifted, what, a month ago by now? Almost. Less than three weeks or something. You see a kid oh, in the yeah. grocery store, you can't smile at them. All that's looking at them is a creepy no. person in a mask. You can't say hello. No. They're just like, uh, <laughs> what are this set of I was, eyeballs? I was I was speaking to Lincoln about this, and I mentioned, because uh, he was like, oh, finally the, the mask mandate's been lifted, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and he was still seeing people wearing masks, and he was like, what? Like, why? You can just take it off now. You can just enjoy yourself. And I explained to him that the same thing happened here in England, where it, as soon as the mask mandate mandate lifted here, uh, it took it still is taking months for people to sort of come out of the shadows and just slowly take it off because they they're they're terrified. These people that have been scared. Um, I was about to swear then, but um, they they were completely scared um, in throughout their wits. It's it's unbelievable. So um, yeah, it, it's it's a state of control. It's a state of nefarious control that. Um, we're seeing governed by behavioral scientists as opposed to people who actually care about you. And that's, uh, that's my take on it anyway. I implore and God bless Lincoln. No, no blessings for Lincoln. I implore this writer to come <laughs> on rebel news and talk to us about her mask stance and about her masking her child forever and claiming that it bent. It, there's no problem. Children do not suffer at all from always being in masks. You know, that reminds mm -hmm. me, Lewis, yesterday I uh, reached out to a hockey writer the fine sport of hockey, who said that, um, and this is just going on along the lines of somebody wanting to speak to us, a hockey writer um, who says the reason why there's so much fighting in hockey is because of white male, like, toxicity or whatever you want to call it. It's too much right. white maleness in right. there. 
And uh, his his response was, I would never go on Rebel News. You guys give, portray so much hate. I cannot give you guys any sort of whatever. And then, like, he copied and pasted it from a Reddit forum or anything uh, to that nature. I just wanted to point out, that, like, I do, per, me personally, I can't speak for any anyone else, but I personally reach out to so many people to try to come on my show or do a segment. I've done it with mayors of Peterborough, Hamilton, uh Mm-hmm. conservative candidates well you've done BLM is the only one who will come on <laughs> yeah yeah That's I've got another one know. coming on in, in a couple weeks Hawk Newsom yeah. um Hawk Newsom awesome. of BLM greater New York New York New York anyway shout out to <laughs> Hawk Newsom let's go to our last clip here I think we had the Trudeau's heritage minister saying we need more tax-funded media if that's what I'm not mistaken let's go ahead and play that please Oh, he's handsome. He looks like he's uh, replacing the commander on Starship Enterprise. Commander Riker. The, the, the new sector in Canada is in crisis. Oh, he's just very friendly. And this contributes heightened. to the heightened public mistrust and the rise of harmful disinformation in our society. Ah, friendly. It could be related to me. Just think for a moment that between 2008... In 2015, mm-hmm. and in today, 451 news outlets closed their doors in Canada. And? In the last two years, 64 of them closed their doors. And? we If they're closing, they must be kept open. This is a problem of liberal governments and even conservative governments of past. Failing industry, let's buy them out. Uh, car company, let's buy them out. Airline company, you know, and by buy them out, I mean like give them unlimited funds to continue to stay open. Uh, now, newspaper, oh my God, news outlets are are, uh, are closing. It can't be because people aren't interested in them. It can't be the reason. <laughs> Is, uh, we need to give uh, $600 million uh, more to the outlets. Uh, uh, they cannot feed their kids with the Putin uh, <laughs> and the cheese, the curd de fromage. I'm allowed to do this, Louis. I'm French. My dad will be proud of me. My dad doesn't even have That's an good. accent. It's weird. <coughs> His first language is French, and he doesn't have an accent. Wow. You, sh- you should meet him. Cool. cool I will. All okay. right. Yeah, you guys, you guys will go on a date. Everybody, thanks for joining us today. I slid that in there. Um, we've got uh, a chat or two to go to. Uh, Producer Efron is giving me the three percenter sign, I think, or that means there's three chats. I try to incriminate him whenever I can. G Melinda G60 says, love you guys. Thank you, Melinda. We love you too. We love you too. I never learned to love Justin Trudeau. <laughs> Yankee Pollock says, you needed a rant, question mark. Oh, Very Andrew cool. always needs a rant. Always needs a rant. I don't, but I'm not sure rant. what that means. I think he thought it was funnier in his head than it is. Chap a dose, chap hole chap. twice. Andrew, the solution is to use more saliva. <laughs> I don't. I don't, know, I don't even think funny. I need to respond. It's funny. I don't need even. I don't it's even funny know what that he's means. Mocking you, probably, which is funny. I think he's trying to, but chap hole twice. You know, I've had a lot of mockeries of my name, but it's never been that. Please send in, please send in more mockeries about Andrew, not only to uh, the pay chats, but to my email personally, just so <laughs> I can uh, hold them for myself. <laughs> that man is likely sixty years old and from Alberta. Is my guess? Is that demographic there? He loves, 
He loves him some police. He loves Jason Kenny. Um, <laughs> you know, he really thinks the lockdowns helped. And, you know, we should just respect the government at that point. That's what I think. Lewis Brackpool all the way from X Town in England. Thank you for joining me. Thanks to everybody watching on Rumble, on Super U, on Odyssey, on YouTube, even YouTube. And Getter, I think, as well. We're going to close here. It looks like a clip that producer Efron's forcing upon us. But we love him anyway. Thank you, producer Olivia. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Lewis has a couple Thank reports you. coming out. I have my new episode tomorrow night on rebelnewsplus.com. Thank you for watching. I think this is a police chief saying something stupid. <laughs> See you guys next time. Thank you. Uh, you know, the big thing is I've seen in the in the media people saying, well, you know, Chief, why don't you just, you know, go and, and hammer everybody and uh, use the discipline um, tool. And I, I think, you know what, that's kind of a draconian way to go. Uh, when you appreciate, as I've said, how important this symbol is to members of the Calgary Police Service and the actions, I think the response that was that was uh evoked here is such that you have to step back and say, okay, something's going on. And so, as I say, in my conversations with the stakeholders, it's clear that, that something is in fact going on. And so, um, I think, I think focusing on those types of things, uh, would probably, will probably get us to a better place. I think if we were to try to go down the road of, um, of the discipline route right away, uh, you know, the challenges you have is you might be able to get uh, begrudging compliance, but we're actually looking for cooperation and commitment because once this is over, we have to go back to the important work that we're doing of, of, uh, that's ongoing of, uh, policing in the city.